What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. And the Wizards are back uh, to seemingly what the Wizards do. Um, the last two losses were big blowouts before this game. And then they won two games by like barely a layup. And then this game, it was a blow loss. Um, they just lost to the Raptors, uh, 137 to 115. Um, and <laughs> it's pretty crazy to give up 137 points in a game. So 22 point loss. Um, honestly, like it was that bad. Like just looking at it from the perspective of the eye test, um, the Raptors at the end of the game, their offensive rating was 130.8, which would put them in the 93rd percentile, which is crazy. Um, the Wizards' offensive rating was 109.5, which is, you know, like, that's, like, pretty much, that's barely less than average. So, offensively, wasn't as much of the issue for the Wizards as <laughs> per usual with them. Um, Raptors' effective field goal percentage was 62.9%, which is in the 90th percentile. We'll get to that. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much one of the bigger numbers to know um, because shooting variance is a really big reason why a lot of teams win or lose in this league. Just to go through some of the top line numbers from some of the, uh, you know, most important guys. Um, starting with the Raptors, Siakam had 26 points. Ridiculous t- plus 27 on the night in terms of plus minus. Um, Norman Powell had a really good game, 28 points on 10 of 18 shooting. Siakam was um, 9 of 18 shooting, but 5 of 7 from the line. Um, Lowry had a pretty good game, 21 points, 8 of 14 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3. Um, Chris Boucher. Uh, off the bench made a pretty big difference offensively. 17 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 6 of 7 at the line. Um, Terrence Davis was solid, 13 points, plus 12. Um, just going through the Wizards, Westbrook was had 23 points 
on 20 shooting possessions. Um, he was minus 22 on the night. Um, Beal had 24 points, was minus 20 on the night, 8 for 20 from the field on 23 and a half shooting possessions. Um, he had 24 points, so, you know, not the most efficient night. Rui had 15 points on 15 shooting possessions. Again, not an efficient game. Lopez had <laughs> his moment of shine. He had ended the game with 13 points, 5 of 7 from the field. Um, he was like, he like dominated this like one stretch of the second quarter, and that was kind of crazy. But besides that, no one on the Wizards really stood out in terms of just looking at the like the box score. Um, so coming into this game, the Raptors were 11 and 13. They were actually plus 1.8 in point differential, which is 11th in the league. So basically, that means that they were underperforming their point differential. So they're probably a little bit better than that record shows. Um, but they're eighth in offense with an offensive rating of 114. And let me remind you that they were 16 points above that in this game and 19th in defense, which is pretty strange because I think the Raptors were like, what were they first or second last? No, I think, no, they were second because the Bucks had that ridiculous defense. So they're second last year in defensive rating. This year, they're 19th with a pretty similar cast of characters besides Gasol and uh, Ibaka, which I mean, obviously, like that's kind of big. And I guess like Haunted, Ronde Hollis Jefferson was a pretty good defensive player last year for them. But anyway, um, so yeah, 112. Um, 0.5 offensive or defensive rating last year and like I, I love watching the Raptors play defense they're really fun to watch to me um just in terms of like shot chart type stuff from above the break threes the Raptors shot 63 percent and league average is 36.1 percent um just for some context like league average on wide open threes is about like 38 percent 38 and a half percent and Stephen Curry's best season, like his unanimous MVP season on wide open threes, he shot 45.9% from three. Um, so for a team to shoot 63% from three, it's not all the Wizards' fault. Like if you literally leave guys just wide open every single play, you could not expect the team to shoot that well from three. So at the end of the day, like whatever you call like shooting variants, like you call it luck, um, you know, that, that played a factor. Um, but again, you, at a certain point, you do have to adjust your scheme a little bit for, um, why teams are getting so many open looks because the Raptors, like most of their looks are pretty good. Um, they're, you know, they only got to the, uh, restricted area 16 times and they were 11 for 16, which is good, but they barely got to the rim. Um, the Raptors actually shot a lot of shots from the mid range in this game, which is kind of un-Raptor like, um, so they're nine to 28 from floater range and 10 to 17 from, uh, outside the paint mid range. Um, so they're actually shot 45% of their shots from mid range and only made about 42% of their shots from there. They were just, which is like 48th percentile. Like that's not like, that's about average. You're not going to kill anyone shooting shots. that give you about 0.84 points per shot. Um, NBA league average is about, you know, 1.05 to 1.1 points per shot. So like the Raptors shot a lot of mid range shots and they're giving up points by shooting those mid range shots. Um, they're pretty solid finishing around the rim, but they, again, they barely got there. Um, they just killed the Wizards with threes, um, like a ridiculous 59.4% overall from three in the 99th percentile. Um, the Wizards actually, like the Wizards didn't get to the rim at all. Um, the Wizards, as they usually do, shot a lot of mid-range shots and they made a decent amount of them, but they didn't make them at a high enough clip to, uh, justify shooting so many mid-range jump shots. And then they just didn't shoot well from three. And like, (laughs) sometimes like just shooting in general can make or break like it. It is a make-or-miss league. Um, I don't think people realize how much of an impact uh, shooting variants can have on single games. And I don't think people realize how much shooting variants can have on, or how much an impact it can have on whole entire seasons, um, which is something like the Knicks this season. Um, 
team, like they are, their record is solid, but a lot of why they seem so good is just because of shooting luck. Uh, you can read plenty of articles written about that by people smarter than I am. But um, I mean, if you just look at the base numbers, like you can tell, I actually want to pull up the Wizards opponent three point percentage. So um, cleaning the glass is it's awesome. Uh, it's, it's something I use all the time. Um, so they have a really interesting stat called location effective field goal percentage. Um, and I want to pull it up if I can find it um, super quick. I guess I can't find it super quick. Where? Okay, I don't know where it is. Okay, I'll, I'll find it later. But just in terms of opponent three-point shooting, um, oh, this is frequency. Okay, shooting accuracy. I'm going to get it eventually. So the Wizards are 26, and they're allowing opponents at 39.5%, which is like 3% higher than league average. Like that's like part of that is scheme, but you usually you don't see a team shooting against you higher than average on open looks. Um, so at the end of the day, like the Wizards haven't had the best luck in terms of the other team shooting the ball. And also opponents are shooting like better in the mid-range than any other team or yeah, Wizards opponents are shooting better in the mid-range than any other team's opponents. Um, and at the end of the day, that's not fully the Wizards' fault. Like, some of these Wizards' defensive things, like, yeah, they suck at defense in general. Their rotations are god-awful, but some of it does come down to just shooting luck. Um, but again, I you got to address the rotations. Like, the rotations are so bad. Especially, like, no offense to... So, here's the thing. Um, Beal is awesome at offense. Westbrook is pretty questionable on offense. But Beal is so good on offense that the fact that he's not very good at all at defense is, you know, like he mitigates the fact that he's not good at defense and he's overall an like added value to your team. Um, Westbrook, on the other hand, is really bad at defense and he's not very good on offense right now. And he's like, quite honestly, taking value away from your team. Like Westbrook right now is a negative value player, like very, very much um, just because he's been so bad offensively and he's just been so bad defensively. Um, his efficiency numbers, like I didn't, I haven't looked at these in a while, so I want to pull them up super quick. Um, his points per shot attempt over a hundred shot, like per 100 shot attempts is 98.2. So points per shot with Westbrook is 0.982 points per shot, which is good for the 22nd percentile. But for someone that shoots the ball as much as him, that is just bad. Like that's straight up bad. Um, and then again, his turnover percentage is 17.3%, which again is really, really bad. Um, turnovers have been like a point of contention for Westbrook his whole career. And that's the worst turnover percentage in his career, worse than his rookie year when he was like just straight up bad. Like Westbrook wasn't good his rookie year. And like at, like he was an inexperienced player that wasn't expected to be good his rookie year. So that's pretty understandable. But for his turnover rate right now to be worse than it was in his rookie year, that's pretty insane. And this game, he had some really bad, turn, like really, really, really bad turnovers. He had handed up with five turnovers on the night and they were bad ones. Um, he also shot three or seven from three, but like two or three of his threes were just chucks where he tried to draw a foul and didn't get one. Westbrook just needs to be better. Like if the Wizards want a chance of making the playoffs, Westbrook has to be way better than he was tonight. He had, he was good for about three or four minutes where he was attacking the rim. He was getting to the free throw line. When Westbrook does that, he looks awesome. Like he looks like the old Westbrook at times when he chooses to be. But the problem is that it seems like he just almost never chooses to be that guy that can actually impact winning basketball games. And part of the reason that I was... So I was higher on the Wizards. I thought that they could definitely make a run for the eight seed um, before the season started. Was kind of, I expected Westbrook to be that guy. Like Westbrook, in theory, is a incredible floor raiser for a team trying to get to the eighth seed, like the Wizards. Um, 
he just hasn't been that guy. Like he's been actively hurting the team for the most part when he's been out there. And it's painful to see. Like he was so in the restricted area tonight, he was four or five, but why couldn't he get there more often? Like that was when he was attacking. Why was he why was he one to three? Like, why did he shoot three mid-range jump shots? Why did he shoot however many seven threes? Like, why does he shoot four shots from floater range? He can get to the rim when he really, really wants to. It's just a matter of his mindset, I guess. Like it's also a matter of the wizard spacing. Like, I don't want to put it all on Westbrook because at a certain point, like it's hard to play with like Rui and Lopez and <laughs> like Obdia, like guys who the defense doesn't don't respect the shooters at all on the floor. Um, I think that Scott Brooks needs to change a little bit of things. Like something that Scott Brooks has done recently is put um, Bertans in the starting lineup, which I really, really like that move. Um, I want to pull up the lineup date on that. Um, but just having a shooter out there just opens up the floor so much for guys like Westbrook. Um, who otherwise would be playing with someone like Rui or someone like Abdia or some, you know, one of those guys that teams just don't respect as shooters at all. And like for good reason, like those guys aren't consistent shooters. Um, teams leave them wide open. If they hit a shot, they hit a shot. Like at the end of the day, you do live with that. Um, yeah, so real quick, I want to pull up lineup data with uh, Westbrook and um, Bertans on the court together because I think that that's a really good pairing because a couple times Westbrook did drive in and kick it to Abdia. Abdia was open. Um, and that works. Like what to Bertans is a I'm why did I say obvious? Bertans is a really, really good shooter. And surprise oh wow, that lineup has been bad this year. Well, they've been really bad defensively and they've been good offensively. Okay, that makes sense. So they've been at an offensive rating of one thirteen point four and a defensive rating of one twenty point one, which at the end of the day makes sense. Um the lineup that's been really bad is Westbrook Beal, Bertans, Abdia, Bryant. At a point differential of minus 34.8. And then the lineup of Westbrook, Beal, Bretons, Rui, and Robin Lopez, which is actually... Oh, okay, wait. This is actually pretty interesting. Um, so the the starting lineup for this game was... No, that wasn't the starting lineup, but that's one of the starting lineups that was have gone to, which is Bretons, Rui, Lopez, Beal, and Westbrook has a point differential of minus 70.5. That's kind of crazy. Um... Yeah, so actually something, so the next thing I do definitely want to talk about is the Raptors defensive scheme. Um, I love watching the Raptors play basketball. I think I've said that a bunch of times already. But so their scheme, like they play like a college style, like pack line defense. Like they play like the same defense that I played in like high school. And usually NBA teams never play that style because you don't really want to help from one pass away. And against some teams, it really works. And against some teams, it really doesn't. And against the Wizards, it really works because they don't have the shooters that can punish you for playing that kind of pack line defense. Um, so basically what they do, is from one pass away. Um, if the if the ball is on the wing and no one's at the top of the key, they help. Or if, even if someone is at the top of the key, they help all the way at the nail. And if the ball is at the top of the key on the wings, they help all the way at the elbow. Um, and they also they force guys to the middle of the floor because the help is at the nail or the help. Unless the ball is at the middle of the floor, they just force them generally to their offhand, but usually just to whichever side because they know help is at the elbow. Um, it's really, really interesting uh, to play that way, especially against teams that don't really shoot like the Wizards because um, it makes it super, super tough for them to get anything offensively. And the the Wizards definitely, they struggled offensively. Like, they they definitely did playing against the Raptors scheme just because, I mean, it's it's a really, really bad matchup for the Wizards. Like I'll, like, I'll be honest, going into this game, I didn't expect it to be that competitive um, and it ended up not being so, uh, which makes sense. But also the Raptors didn't have OG Ananobi, who's like by far their best defender. Like I love OG Ananobi. I think he's super underrated. He's a really good player. Um, so did I expect the Wizards to be better against the Raptors without OG Ananobi? Yeah, probably. But, you know, again, it's 
like I don't think people think enough about um, scheme versus scheme in terms of like matchups. Kind of like how like the Heat beat the Bucks last year. Like yeah, the Bucks are clearly way more talented than the Heat, but the Heat's scheme kind of just um, is a really good matchup for the Bucks. So matchups and schemes really really matter in the NBA. That's part of the reason I want to do this pod just to introduce people to different schemes and like how I kind of think about basketball. And um, the way I think about this game is that the Wizards' offensive scheme or the Raptors' defensive scheme really hurts the Wizards um, just because the way they play really far into the gaps. Um, I wonder if teams will look at that and try to do that a little bit more against the Wizards because like, at the end of the day, no one is really, really a threat to shoot besides Bradley Beal and Bertans. Um, the Wizards are actually really successful when they were um, having like doing running pick and roll with Bertans one pass away because they know that that help is coming from the nail. And if Bertans is one pass away on the wing and his man helps at the nail, then he's wide open for three. They did that like probably twice and it worked really well. I don't know why they didn't do that like literally every single play. Um, but it's like in the NBA regular season, it's really hard to change your playbook for one team. So I kind of get it. Like if the Wizards played a playoff series against the Raptors, they'd probably go to that way more. Um, but at, like it's not a playoff series. You can't just change your whole thing. Like uh, they usually have Bertans in the weak side corner, which makes sense because that's where guys usually help off. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um like, it is just a regular season game, so it's, it's kind of asking a lot um, of them to, you know, change things up in that kind of fashion. But, yeah, so the, I love the Raptors scheme. Um, something that was really interesting was that, so usually um, when they help from one pass away, they kind of go into a full rotation. And so they were fully rotating, except whoever was on Beal was not rotating. So usually there would end up being just one guy who wouldn't rotate, which would leave a guy wide open. But by the time the ball got to that guy, that guy was just like Rui, or Westbrook, or I don't know, like someone like Avdia, like someone who's not really a shooter. And the Raptors, like if, if the Raptors kind of like scheme is to let, like if a team's going to beat you with shooting, then they beat you with shooting. Um, the Raptors on the season are, so they allow the fourth most threes in the league. Um, and the opponents against them are eighth in accuracy. And a, part, a lot of that's because of their scheme. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> all of that's because of their scheme. 26 and three-point frequency, that's that's their, that's their generated from their style of play. Um, and the Wizards don't have the shooters to attack that, and the Wizards lost. Like, the, Raptor, and the Raptors could have walked out with their head held high if Rui and, I don't know, Westbrook and Avdia made a bunch of threes and just beat them, and that didn't happen. Now, if you're Brooks and you're watching this game, why wouldn't you put Matthews in? Why wouldn't you play Bertans more minutes? Um, why would you put someone like Troy Brown in who can actually make an open shot? Like, why? These kind of seem like obvious things to me that I don't understand how he can not think of. Um, the fact that Garrison Matthews didn't play this game at all is kind of like mind-boggling to me. Just because, first of all, he's so much better than like some of the other bench players that the Wizards have. Um, but second of all, because he can really shoot the ball. Like, someone like him would really, really help Westbrook. Um so I don't understand the theory behind not playing Matthews. And also, he's better defensively than most of the Wizards players. Like the Wizards, I'll say it again, like Garrison Matthews is not that good in terms of help rotations, but he's better than a lot of players on this team, um, especially Denny Avdia, because uh, he, I mean, he's a rookie. Like, what do you expect out of him? But Garrison Matthews should be in the rotation. Like, I'm sorry. Um, Troy Brown Jr. should be in the rotation. Um, Ish Smith got hurt tonight. Um, he would have really, really hurt the team because um, of his style of play in this particular game. So I don't want to, like, I never want to say I'm glad someone got hurt, but it helped the Wizards that Ishmith got hurt. I'll say, I'll say that much. Um, oh, okay. So just, I want to, that's most of what I had from this game. I do want to go through one note I had, which is 
that here's an interesting stat that the Wizards are four and three in non-Westbrook games, and now they are two and thirteen in games that Westbrook plays. Um, take that as you want to take that. Uh, I guess I'll say because kind of records like that are always kind of noisy. Um, but those are the numbers. Um, yeah. Also, I also wrote at the beginning of the broadcast they called it an Alex Len revenge game. I thought that was hilarious. Alex Len came out, played 21 minutes, and scored 11 points. So good for him, I guess. Um, but that's pretty funny because he was on this team for like a month and he got like just straight up cut. So as I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, so just I just want to go through my notes, see if there's anything else, and then I'll be about done here. Actually, so there's one really, really good set in the first quarter. It was a spread pick and roll with Bradley Beal setting the screen. I thought that they should do that so much more often. Now, I've been saying it on this podcast before that they should do a pick and roll with Russell Westbrook setting the screen. I mean, like almost as good with Bradley Beal setting the screen, but I think that a small, small pick and roll with Bradley Beal setting the ball screen would be so, so good, especially when teams blitz. Like this team didn't blitz. They top-locked Beal a lot. They like, the Wizards didn't run enough pick and roll. Like pick and roll was kind of decent, um, but uh, the Raptors have guards that are really, really good at getting over screens. Like Lowry and Van Vliet are really, really good at getting over screens. Um, and then they drop the big. Like the Raptors are good at that scheme. And then they have help from one pass away again. Um, so overall, it's like it, it was kind of hard for Beal to affect the game in the pick and roll in this matchup. But I think that Russell Westbrook as a screener would just be awesome in a small, small pick and roll. So something else I do did want to talk about is that the Wizards love running this one play after a bunch of like ATOs um, where it's a so they have a center at the elbow. They pass the ball from one side of the court to the other to the opposite elbow. And then they had Bradley Beal just sprint off a handoff from the guy at the elbow. And that play, I swear, it, it, it works a lot. They should run that more often. I love that play. Um, but I don't know why they only run that after an ATO. That should just be like a called play that they just that Brooks just calls out and they just go to it in the flow of their offense. Uh, there's this other really, really interesting set that the Raptors ran. Um, it was like near the end of the half, first half. And they ran a stack pick and roll with Lowry, Van Vliet, and Powell. I think so they ran it with Powell as the center. Um, Kyle Lowry as the guy setting the back screen for the center. And then Fred Van Vliet as the ball handler. And I thought that was the coolest play I've ever seen in my... Like that play was so cool. Um, and then at the end of the... like. The result of the play was Van Vliet getting switched on to Davis Bertans. He drove and he kicked out to a wide open Pascal Siakam who made a wide open three. And that play was awesome. The design was awesome. The result was awesome. Like it, that was just a really, really cool play. Um, one of the really creative things that I just love to see from Nick Nurse. And here's another interesting set that the Wizards ran. They ran. So there's a concept that a lot of NBA teams run. I don't think the Wizards don't run it that much. And I think that they should do it more called like a roll rise. Where like so usually on a single tag so on a single tag pick and roll when there's only one guy one uh, defender on the weak side, um, sometimes some like or a lot of teams will have um, the weak side corner player the offensive player um, rise up to like free throw line extended as the pick and roll is going on because a single tag on the weak side usually tags the roller um, so then it makes it really hard for him to recover you add, you add a lot more ground. The Wizards ran that once in a pick and roll. So Alex Len was the roller. Um, I think either Beal or Westbrook was the ball handler. And then Bertans was rising, like was a guy who rose from the um, corner, weak side corner to the weak side elbow. Free throw line extended, I should say. And it got him a wide open shot. I think he just missed it. But that was a really, really good play design. And they should run that like all the time. Like that, that worked really well. And I guess, so a couple more things I want to talk about in terms of the Raptors. Um, they went to a pretty... Uh, fun looking 2-3 zone with 
Um, Kyle Lowry is one of the wings. I think Lowry as one of the wings in 2-3 zone works really well because he can switch on to bigger players. Uh, he's really, really smart. He knows where to help, uh, knows where to help on the weak side and on the strong. Like, I think that was pretty cool. Um, I don't think it worked that well, but I thought it was a good idea from Nurse to try to throw out something new. Um, and also, I was kind of disappointed to see that I never went to a box and one that Nurse is kind of popularized again, like repopularized in the NBA. I wanted to see him run that against Buell. I think a team, like a team is eventually going to run that against Buell, and I think it's going to work really, really well. Uh, I'm just kind of waiting to see it so I can talk about it really nerd like on this pod. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is transition. Um, the Raptors love to run in transition. I think so. Just looking at my notes, they are second this season in transition frequency. Um, but only 15th in transition offense. Tonight, they were 90 in the 96th percentile in terms of running in transition, and they were not in the 95th percentile in terms of points per play. Their points per play in transition was 100, well, over, so their, outside their offensive rating in transition plays was 184.2, which is absolutely insane. That's a big reason why they won this game was just because they got out and ran so much. They ran on misses, they ran on toes. Like, that's part of the Raptors scheme is just to, get out and run because Nick Nurse is smart enough to know that um, playing in transition is way more efficient than playing in the half court. And he really, really coaches that and he does a really good job of that. And the Raptors did a great job of exploiting that. Um, the Wizards transition defense just wasn't good. There's too many times where like players just straight up didn't get back on defense. Um, and that's part of why transition works so well um, in the NBA. So that was obviously something the Raptors have been doing for the past two years, but it killed the Wizards in this game. Um, I think that's all I got. Uh, the next Wizards game is Friday against the New York Knicks. Um, so definitely tune into that one. I think it's at 7 o'clock Eastern time. So check that out. I have a podcast coming out um, that day or that night or the next day. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.